0: Hey, what's going on, Anchor family? How was you guys' this weekend? Did you watch Stranger Things two? I did too. Get it? Huh? Anyway, but horrible jokes aside, uh, I want to get to a point. To a point on what makes Stranger Things so bingeable? Why is it that pretty much ninety-five uh, percent of all Stranger Things watchers finished it within one or two days? And I want to dive right into it. I think one of the points, one of the first points that makes it so bingeable is the fact that they have a light cliffhanger. And what I mean by a light cliffhanger is that at the end of the episodes, yes, a lot of TV shows, good good shows or even bad ones have cliffhangers to keep you hooked to, want, to make you want to see the next episode. But in Stranger Things, they are um, a lot of the time is pretty light in that. And what I mean by that is they don't sap the energy out of you you don't feel like mentally exhausted like so much happened like necessarily at the end of that episode if it's not a finale where it's like whoa well, i need to take a breather i need to take a break because it's like you have all the high action high things in the beginning like usually like maybe before the opening credits or throughout the rising action of that specific episode but yeah at the end of the episode um, usually you're like, whoa, I I feel calm. I'm level. I'm ready for the next one. Like right now, what just happened intrigues me enough, but I don't need to take a breather right now. I want to dive right back into it. An example I want to use is I think episode two of season two, I believe it was episode two, um, where Dustin is dri- is riding his bike back to his house and the little Demi dog. Well, the viewers don't know at that point, it's a little Demi dog, but a little thing is in his trash can. And it starts to like splash around or, and then make loud noises. Then he turns around and looks at it. And it's like that type of cliffhanger, it's like gets you intrigued. It's not like, oh my gosh, groundbreaking things. It's like, wait, that's kind of intriguing. And I want to see what happens next. So it's just like you subconsciously, it's like, hmm, I want to see what happens next. You're not like on the edge of your seat breathing. Like I need to take a break. This is too much. You're just like, wait, it's just like a subconscious flick. And I I, uh, I I noticed that. And it just makes it very seamless in your interest to just roll over to the next one. And another point I want to touch into is they have continuous rising action. And what that means is throughout the entire season, it doesn't feel like anything is necessarily solved until the finale. And I know a lot of TV shows, like when there's an overarching point that they're reaching. Yes, that a lot of TV shows implore that. You have little bits and pieces throughout the show that culminates in the finale. But in Stranger Things it never really feels like bits and pieces or little little victories. It's always like we're moving on to the big, big culmination throughout the entire season. And it is an eight episode Eight episode season, so you so there's not really much time to waver in that fact. You can't really stray away from the storyline too much in an eight episodes eight episode season, and I get that. But that being said, it is still eight hours, and there is still some stuff you can do that that could potentially take the viewers out. But they never do the Duffer Brothers. They know exactly how to keep the tension going throughout throughout the uh, seven episodes until the finale and then it like boom explodes oh rarely ever any downtime in the plot and again that goes back to the fact that it is an eight episode this season nine episode season so you can't or there shouldn't really be any time where you feel like, okay, the plot is lagging. But like I said, if it's an inexperienced director, you can have that, or uh, the storyboarders, story writers. You can have that, you can get that feeling, but in Stranger Things, you never get that feeling. Even in moments where it feels like you should be, I guess, quote unquote, taken out of the main storyline, you can't. An example I wanna bring up to highlight that point is, is a scene in season two that also mirrors season one it's when billy max's brother walks in on bust the kids with steve and to his in his defense even though he's pretty much at this point a one beat horrible person character um to his defense it does look kind of weird a bunch of little pre-teen kids and then your high school classmate is just alone in the house with them. that is weird so but he busts in and sees that they're just I guess at that point they were were just standing around but he tells Max we got to go we got to get home and as the viewer you I guess you're invested in this conflict because it's like you have this quote-unquote bad guy uh, having a confrontation with one of your one of the um, the the quote-unquote good guys max she's on she's part of the party now you're like you want you just want billy to go away and want him to get out of their way and in the back of your head you stole because of that specific situation they were in they were trying to formulate a plan to get into the tunnels now because time was of the essence they couldn't play around so when billy comes in you as the viewer are not even given time to fully invest yourself in the whole Billy versus Max at that moment because of the dire situation that's happening, the important situation. You're almost like you're yelling at the screen to to the kids, Billy, go away. We don't want you here. And it goes to an, an even deeper level because it's more than just protecting Max or protecting Lucas in that scene. It's literally protecting the integrity of the plot. It's It's like at that point, it's high speed it's moving and you don't want any anything derailing that derailing that uh, heavy plot point and that's that was the same in season one where jonathan and nancy were setting up the trap for the demigorgon and then steve walks in and then that point you're like this is a bad time steve get out because you know that imminent danger is afoot and you just and to put it fairly there is no time for the teen drama like that's besides the point and i feel like the the directors they 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 know that and they did it on purpose like you don't have time like you literally as a viewer don't have time to digest that teen drama stuff because a face eating a monster is literally right behind them so it's a little, even what situations that you feel are not part of the quote unquote main plot, the story just moves them along and essentially has to get them out because it's like danger is here, the teen drama, though it's important for the individual character building, it has to be, it has to be um, excavated, it has to move fast. And it it works because in that situation, Steve, he immediately sees the danger. He sees the monster. There's no time for explanations. It's in his face. And for in season two for Max, it's like they realize there's no time to waste. He was beating up Steve. They got to go to the tunnels. They got to help Will. She just injects him. And then like with the bat threatens him. and Then he's like, fine, whatever. And then she gets in the car with steve in the back then you just drive off there's no there's no time to to swell on it there's no time to soak it in just gotta move and gotta keep going and that's that's what makes it feel like there's no downtime the plot is always moving forward in high octane and you're totally engaged throughout the whole whole process And um, the last point I want to bring up on why Stranger Things is so bingeable and why it feels after you're done with eight episodes or in this case nine, it feels like you have watched one movie. Like literally, you've been it feels like you've been in the theater for two hours, even though it's been almost eight or nine. And that is the uh, converging storylines of all the um all the auxiliary characters. And that's literally taken straight from a movie because when in a movie, it's an hour forty-five to two hour, sometimes two and a half hours. Longest movies range between three, maybe three hours fifteen. And in that time frame, there really is no no big window for many different side ventures, like. Different characters can have side ventures, but if they don't mean anything to the central plot or central conflict, it's gonna feel out of place, and it's gonna feel like it's taking time out of out of I guess what the main character should be doing. And in Stranger Things, every single part of the every single main character or even side character all are all essentially working towards the same goal. They At the end of the season, everyone realizes they're on the same team. You even get the when, um, when Nancy and Jonathan meet the kids and Steve at the facility, they literally are just, they're walking towards the same building where their parents, where Hopper and where Joyce are. Like everybody's literally comes together at the end. Like they have been, it's like metaphorically, they've all been walking their different roads. Actually, literally they've been walked for Dustin and Steve and the rest of the kids they've been walking their separate roads at the end of the season towards the same goal and that culminates when they finally meet in that episode 7 then everyone goes back to the house and even the doctor or the scientist from the facility who you might have thought would would be a good or I mean a, a bad guy he might have had some secrets he was hiding when he decided to stay back but He actually didn't. He actually turned out to be a good person. Uh, And he was on the same team as them. He helped them get out and helped them. And even at the end, he helped Hopper with the birth certificate for Jane 11. And now she's officially his daughter. So even who you thought was one of the not good guys turned out to be a good person helping them against the real villain which was the shadow monster and just going back to the point about how they all had their separate roles and Jonathan and Nancy they had their side plot which wasn't even really a side plot they went to get justice for, for Nancy by bringing down the organization that covered up that tried to fake Will's death and pretty much cover up the whole conflict and in doing that that brings them back to the place where all the action is at the end of the season and of course Dustin and Steve and the rest or specifically Dustin and Steve at first when they were leading the Demi um, Dart back to them the tunnel like the rest of when they when they thought it was only dart it turns out there was there were many more dogs coming up and that was a consequence of will and his possession by the shadow monster so it all tied together like literally every single side quest or side plot all tied together and that's and that is essentially the functionality of a movie and not a tv show and in a lot of tv shows even Even an eight episode TV series as well, where you know you have a couple of seasons, you know it'll most likely be greenlit. You maybe establish a little bit of side, side plots here and there. Because you know that there's going to be able to, you're going to be able to flesh it out at a later point. But in Stranger Things, literally every single side plot made sense in the finale. Except episode seven and we're going to get to that so this season's episode seven season two which was not the penultimate episode like last year's there was um uh this episode seven was definitely it definitely felt like a like a bonus episode because unlike everything i was saying before it didn't really tie in that to the main plot of this season. It was 100% a season three backstory or a season three backdoor. And I'm okay with that. It's not like I, I maybe I would have felt a little bit different if this wasn't only an, an eight episode season like the first one and this t- took away from that eight, but it was a nine episode season. And it definitely felt like this episode was an auxiliary episode put in for the backdoor. Of season three and it also it also gave us character development for l and a lot of people i saw a lot of reviews and a lot of people on reddit or what have you on anything basically there was a lot of hate for this episode and i guess i kind of understand where they're coming from because it definitely it literally actually took the viewers out of the plot and into this side quest by l but i don't mind it because because like i just said it was it was a nine episode season so it didn't really take it away and it's not like I had to wait a week to see what happens next. It was just forty five minutes. The episode was episode um eight was right there to move the plot right along so I didn't really mind it. And it was cool. I, I actually wanted to see more of number eight for because in the episode one in the season two opener that it, it was a cold open with eight in her gang. And I was like, and for the rest of the f- of five episodes that followed, it didn't really touch on them, but episode seven it brought it back to them. And it showed Elle's journey and her character growth, her leveling up her powers, essentially. And I felt like it was definitely, it was a needed episode because otherwise we'd have some huge loose ends from the first scene of season one that they didn't touch on at all and but what i what i would say was kind of weak about the episodes were um number eight i can't remember her real names but eight some gang like i felt like the characters were kind of like looney tune like they were kind of like cartoony they reminded me of characters from gotham like (laughs) like just over the top personalities for no reason like it felt very not stranger things that that whole episode but i i really liked the way it was shot though it really it felt like felt like x-men in some in some ways and it was cool i liked it i didn't love it but i definitely got some enjoyment out of it and like uh, the highlight episode was definitely the scene where they went into the house of that uh, one of the scientists or ex-scientists where he was sitting on the couch and they busted down his house and that whole scene with 8 and 11 where she was like do it you have to kill him but and she almost did but then she saw the picture of him with his kids and then the kids were in the room like his little girls were in the room and they were like or at least 11 was like I can't do this but 8 she didn't care but 11 stopped her so that was a, that was a cool moment of character growth for 11 but at the end of the episode she said nah I gotta go my friends are in danger like she literally saw Mike um yelling about how it was a trap and stuff she was like my friends are in danger gotta go bruh gotta go sis uh I'll (laughs) she didn't literally say this but she essentially said I'll see you in season 3 and she got on the bus and left (laughs) oh man but, yeah, Stranger Thing, I'm definitely looking forward to, obviously, season three. sucks that we have to wait a whole year, but it's definitely worth the wait to watch another eight-hour movie next year. And uh, see you guys next time.